Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Oh, listeners, so glad you are joining me today. I have been waiting for this interview. It's something that so many of us, especially if you are an advisor, if you're a trainer, if you're a coach, if you're somebody in the business of offering a service and you are trying to break through that million dollar ceiling, today's the interview. How are you going to do that? It's going to be about getting the right leads and it's going to be about what you do with those leads. What we're focused on today with my guest, Tom Poland, is... Leadsology. That's the name of his company. That's the name of his latest book, Leadsology, The Science of Being in Demand. What it is, is a blended learning program that gives professional advisors a model for generating a flow of high quality, inbound new client inquiries into their businesses every week of the year. Doesn't that sound awesome? Who doesn't want that? Even if you are somebody who is in a different type of a service or product, while some things might not directly apply to you, there are going to be some great takeaways. But if you are, like many of you, I know you are, are in that coaching business advisor providing some type of marketing services to clients and, and you're looking for those really strong, high quality leads without having to like hunt not to say you shouldn't be hunting, but without having to do that, to have that, like, doesn't that sound amazing? So that's what Leadsology is all about. That's what we're going to be talking about. He's got a really great accent. I love the Australian accent. I love all accents, but I especially love Australian. So he's he's got some really great things to share in terms of strategy, in terms of things that you should really be looking at in the way that your business is currently operating. You might not know what the warning signs are in terms of, do I need more leads? Or you might realize you totally do. You're closing up on some projects or working with clients and there's not a lot in the pipeline. What do you do? So that's what we're talking about today. Tom is a marketing mentor. He started his first business at the age of 24 and he's gone on to start and sell for others. And he's made two of them international. And in that time, he's managed teams of over a hundred people and he's managed and annual revenue of more than 20 million. So I think he knows what he's talking about. Now his main focus is Leadsology, the science of being in demand. And you can head over to leadsology.guru, which is .guru. And you can also link directly to all of the links that we have provided to get more on Tom. But really listen out for some gems in this, because if you're looking for strategies, if you're looking for the right marketing message to put out there and what the big marketing messages that people are told they should put out there, but are actually really not so smart, you're going to want to listen to this. You're probably going to also want to listen to things like, mm, is our Facebook ads really good for me? Am I doing them right? What other things can you be doing to bring in those high quality leads? That is what today is about. Enjoy the interview. Hello, Tom, and welcome to the Get Genius podcast. G'day, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited because I love accents and you have a super awesome Australian accent. It's about 6.45 a.m. where you are, so I'm guessing you naturally wake up early. 
Well, actually, I wake up early, but I wouldn't say there's a whole lot that's natural about it. I have a watch that, <laughs> that vibrates on my wrist. Don't wake my wife. And then I jump in a freezing cold swimming pool. Otherwise, I just don't wake up. And then I go and have a double shot espresso coffee so that I can be here and not be semi comatose for this interview. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Yeah, I love the the <laughs> the cold swimming pool. Is that something you actually do every day? Yeah, it is. And it's and it's really it's a wake up mechanism. I used to run a lot in the morning to wake up, get the endorphins pumping through the system. But since I've developed this vermicular anterior impingement, which is Latin for your hip is stuffed, uh, <laughs> I jump in a pool instead. Yeah, but it it does the job. So we're going to talk about some really good stuff. We're going to talk marketing. We're going to talk leads, all that is genius about Tom. But before we go into that, let's hear your quick and dirty version of how you began your career and started your first business to where you are today. Well, I wish it was quick because it's (laughs) taken me 37 years to get here, but there's probably no other way. Look, I started my, my first business when I was age 24 and that's Gee, that's almost 40 years ago, because I, I wanted to have that freedom, you know, and it, it turned out in those early days, there wasn't as much freedom as I thought, because I was working harder at my own business and longer than I was and making less money, by the way, than I was when I had a job. So it took a little while to crack that particular code. And I had another stint in the corporate world in the middle of my career. So around age 30 to, to 40. And I enjoyed that very much and did the whole climb the corporate ladder thing, but then just got to the point where I felt I was selling my soul. Whilst I enjoyed it, I I resigned with some regret and then launched another business and certainly have had no regrets about that. I had five leave applications declined in one year. This was, you know, I was senior in this organization, international organization, and it was five times I wanted to spend time with my family and that my, you know, the board said, no, it's not a good time. And I was struck really between the eyes with a quote of, I think it was uh, Mark Twain. Was it Mark Twain or I don't know, anywho. Might have even been Abraham Lincoln or someone like that. But I was listening to this in the old days somewhere. We had audio cassette tapes, you know, eight eight tracks. And I was driving along listening to this speaker and and he quoted this person. He said, time is the stuff of which life is made. And I literally pulled my car over to the side. I was driving in the country from one uh, corporate office to another. I literally pulled over my, because it just stunned me. And I thought, oh my God, I do not have control over my own life. And that's the moment I decided to start my own business again. And I'm real pleased I did because I didn't want to sit on that rocking chair aged 85 and look back over my life and go, bugger. You know, yeah. I, I, sh- I should have done what was in my heart of hearts to do, but I was too chicken. So I still felt chicken, but I did it. And I'm, as I said, pretty happy we did. So why did you start the business that you started? Look, it was the marriage between passion, profit, and passion. If you can have a marriage of three things, the profit, let's work backwards, maybe. The current business I have, which I hope to you know die with, is Leadsology, and it's all around lead gen. And it's, it's the pointiest, most measurable, most exposed part of business services because you measure leads. It's easy to measure. Do you have an inquiry or don't you have an inquiry? And it's also easy to measure the quality of it. You know, do they know what my fees are before they talk with me? Do they know how I work before they form me? Do they like that before they talk with me and so on? I'm not comfortable with hiding. I almost wish I was, but there is no place to hide when you work with a client and they have leads or they don't have leads. It's very transparent. And I, I like the edge that that brings. So, you know, I'm an adventurer at heart. And so the, the edge that that brings means I have to step up and I have to be accountable. I have to deliver. So that's the purpose part. It's a bit of a passion as well. But the profit part, 
which, which I started to explain and, and got sidetracked with, as you do with passion and purpose, is that it's also the number one need of survey after survey after survey for business owners and particularly for professionals who are very good at what they do but don't have enough clients. The, but the number, the number one need that's expressed is I need to have some new clients flowing in. You know, I need, I need get lead generation happening. So if you look at the intersection between the passion and the purpose and the profit, it made perfect sense to me to focus on the part of the market that represents what I do, which is professional service providers or advisors, and to focus on the intersection between that market and their biggest need, which was lead generation. I feel like whenever people hear lead generation, the biggest thing that they're thinking is, do you have a secret for how I can get more leads? <laughs> well, in fact, and I hate that question, but the the reality is that I do. Yeah. And it's not probably the secret that people want to hear, but it's the one they need to know about. It took me so many years to figure this out. And we're talking decades. So I'm, I am, a, a, I really am a literally, a, a, not literally, but but figuratively speaking, I'm a slow and plodding learner. Okay, <laughs> see, here's, here's the deal with Lee Jen. Every single morning, we all wake up and we do what we want to do. Every single day, we wake up and we do what we want to do. Some days, we wake up and we do what we should do. Mm-hmm. Now, when you examine that statement, then I think most people will agree that yes, you know, whatever their intentions are, every single day we wake up and we do stuff that we want to do. And yeah, every now and then we wake up and we do the stuff we want to do. Now, if, if you agree that that's true and you have any lead generation method, any marketing methods, which you should do as opposed to you want to do, then your lead generation results will at best be inconsistent and at worst be non-existent because every single day you wake up and do what you want to do. And only some days you wake up and do what you should do. So if you think of, if someone says, well, we need to do some online funnels here. And, you know, online funnels are not what they're cracked up to be. They're complicated and they're expensive and they require constant attention. This whole idea, you can sit on the beach with your laptop for half an hour a day and twiddle with some Facebook ads <laughs> and watch all the money, money flow in. You know, that's just bullshit. And, yes. And so if you if you think about that and you go to a, I don't know, a training seminar and someone says, you should be doing Facebook funnels. Look at the amazing results we're getting. And you wake up in the morning and you think, yeah, I should do that. Then that is a legitimate method that you should avoid because you won't, you probably won't actually end up doing it. And even if you do, you'll do it poorly and inconsistently. And so you walk away from that and you think, okay, that's another one that didn't work for me. So whatever legion method that people are considering, I would implore them to examine the emotions and the feelings behind the thoughts of that particular method and ask themselves, do I want to do this? Because it's only the want-tos that you'll do consistently and you'll get great results from. And this is a clue in, in, in respect to our destiny that the things that we are inclined to want to do are the things that we are meant to be doing to get our gift out to the world anyhow. So there's this beautiful symmetry and synchronicity between the things that we are naturally drawn to and our gift to the world and getting it out. Wow, I love that. And you've really shifted perspective there. I'm a fan of Seth Godin. I think he's articulate oh, and astute yes. and, and also an incredibly generous person, which a lot of people don't perhaps know. Uh, anywho, you know, he wrote that book, All Marketers Are Liars. And this is like having your guru step on your toes. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the title and I thought, Seth, I'm a marketer. And I, you know, it's kind of like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> All marketers lies, but. You know, he's 90, probably 99% is spot on because the more I'm in this industry and the more I listen to people and the hype and, you know, the bullshit, too many of them are liars. So I think this needs to be said that we need to get some 
authenticity. And, and I, I hesitate to use that word because it's almost overused, but we need to get real. We need to tell people what's going to work and not what simply puts money in our bank account as marketers. We're kind of shifting into creating that marketing message is what you're referring to. What is it that we're telling our audience or prospects? Well, I, I guess that's the next step. If, if we can accept that we should be doing something that's real and authentic, that's a, a natural expression of our gifts, our DNA and, and so on, then the next step is to go, well, okay, we need to do that smart, right? We can't just you know, I, I might love scratching my ear, but if I'm just going to do that for my marketing, it's, it's not very smart. We've got to create a marketing message that does two things. It gets cut through and that makes people, this motivates people to take action. So that's the marketing message. So if you examine that for a moment, the objective of the marketing message, and people might know this is a unique sales proposition or an elevator pitch, doesn't matter too much what we call it. It's this, it's this short thing, which is objective of which is to A, get cut through, as I said, and B, to motivate people to someone to take action, whatever that action might be, attend a webinar, buy your book, buy your program or, or book you or book a consult to talk about becoming a client, whatever that action is, the marketing message can only achieve that by getting cut through. So to get cut through, it's got to have three things in it. One is it's got to be, and I'm sorry, somewhere I'm probably assuming you wanted me to talk a little bit about the marketing Absolutely, message. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> okay. First of all, things got to be benefit rich. So it can't be a description of our product or service. Uh, the second thing is it should contain specifics because specifics increase both believability and desirability. And the third thing is it's got to be very different for what everyone else is saying, all our competitors. Because if it's the same, we have this thing in our brains called the reticular activating system, which is designed to make us sit up and take notice when there's something new that's either potentially damaging for us or potentially beneficial for us. So if it's the same as all the other messages that are out there, you know, the typical business coach, for example, let me, let me show you how to grow your business and also we'll, we'll free up some time. Well, you know, just about every second business coach's website says something like that. So if you're running webinars with that message or you're sending emails out for invitations to meetings with that message, then it's going to be difficult to get cut through. Uh, and I think of a client of mine, just to bring this to life, put some flesh on the bones, you know, where I said it has to be benefit-rich, contains specifics, and it's got to be differentiated. So I'll introduce you to Max, and Max is a software developer, and he does point-of-sale software. In the industry, they call them QSRs, quick service restaurants, uh, McDonald's, Burger King, and so on. And what Max, Max's marketing message used to be, we, we, we're passionate about creating point-of-sale software for QSRs at which point people's eyes would glaze over and they'd, you know, go somewhere else. Um, so when we applied that formula of creating a marketing message that's going to get cut through and motivate people to want to know more, remember benefit rich specifics and differentiate it. So his marketing message became, we increased the profits and sales in QSRs by 25% within 90 days. And we guarantee that. So if you, you know, if you're, own, if you're the owner of McDonald's uh, franchise, uh, you know, perhaps five or six of those stores and you hear this message, then it's got cut through because all Max's competitors are talking about doing point-of-sale software. And, he, you know, in that statement, we increase sales and profits and QSRs by 25% within 90 days. There is no mention of software. And people don't care about what it is that we do. They care about the benefit of what they do and how it relates to helping them. So Max could have been, I don't know, could have been doing customer service training, could have been doing point-of-sale accountants training, you know, would you like fries or a shake with that? He could have been rearranging car parks to get more cars. Now, I don't know you know, uh, workflow, getting more people through the drive-through. But, and, and the owner of those McDonald's outlets doesn't actually care what it is so long as he or she gets the result. And that's what an effective marketing message does. It gets cut through, motivates people to want to know more. What can marketers be thinking to answer the question, is my marketing message going to work? 
It's a great question, and there's a, there's a few questions in response to that. The first is just to sit in their common sense corner and to completely erase mentally in their mind whatever comments or messages they have about a product or about the service, and just to ask themselves, what is the biggest, most specific unmet need in my marketplace? Because that's going to give you a clue. In my marketplace, it's a it's a weekly flow, of, a predictable weekly flow of inbound high-quality leads. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you ask that question, then you can go to the next step, which is you create three variations, a USP or marketing message, three distinct variations. And then you ask the marketplace, you take those three variations to 10 ideal clients, past, present, or future. And incidentally, this can be a great little marketing exercise in itself, even though it's fairly manual intensive. You take those three variations of that marketing message to 10 ideal clients, as I said, past, present, or future. And you ask, you say to them, which one of the following three statements would most motivate you to want to know more? And if you get 10 responses, what we find is that almost every single time, the majority will pick one statement. And the next test is you start using that statement that the marketplace has voted for as as being the most motivational in a guide title or a webinar title or a lunch and learn title. And that's the fourth validation level as you see if more money is flowing into your bank account balance. Right. (laughs) And if it it does, then you sprinkle that marketing message around your target market like confetti at a wedding. I love it. I love the common sense corner too, by the way. (laughs) So let's talk about Leadsology and your book. You know, obviously, Leadsology solves that problem of not getting enough high quality leads. And we've talked a bit about the marketing message as well. Let's talk about what the symptoms are of having a lead gen problem. Because mm. I think that, you know, I myself had had been in a position in our business where it was like, you know, money's so good, we have great leads, we're good. And then people start to say, you know, you start to talk to different experts of you could, you could have a lot more. <laughs> There's mm. these things you could be doing as well. So I'm wondering if there are symptoms, even when you might not be totally aware of it, Obviously, there's the symptom of we're not getting enough business that that right. somebody would be having having. But what are some of the other ones to to be aware of? Okay, so the the biggest one is anxiety or stress. People, if they're not waking up in the morning worrying about where the next client is coming from, they're waking up in the middle of the night. You know, going, oh gosh, I you know my the clients I have are finishing up soon, and I don't know where the money's going to be there in two or three months' time. Mm. So anxiety is the first one. Stress around new client flows. That symptom. It's kind of like a domino, you know, chain of dominoes. That symptom pushes over the next domino, which is what I call random acts of marketing. So it's like, oh, I've got to do something. So let me go to the networking meetings. Or I've heard about Facebook ads. I'll put 20 bucks a day into Facebook ads, see if I can get something there. So all these random acts of marketing, and they haven't figured out an effective marketing message, and they also haven't necessarily, they haven't probably matched, very important to match the, 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 the marketing message to the actual market. And the mediums as well, how they get the message out. Facebook may not be the right medium. I don't know. So we got stress, which precipitates random acts of marketing, and that in turn sponsors roller coaster revenue. So one month or one quarter, the revenue's up, the next one is down or it's flat. And so those three are the big symptoms. It's, it's stress slash anxiety, random acts of marketing, and roller coaster revenue. That's how you know that you've got a lead generation system problem. Not a lead gen problem, but a system problem. Because if you don't have a systematic approach to lead gen, then you don't have predictability around it. So what are some of the classic mistakes before we go into leadsology and how we can fix these problems? What are some of the 
big mistakes. I mean, you did say, you know, they're throwing money at things that they they don't really know how to how to do. I mean, I've heard right. that so many times from people. I just, you know, because Facebook will tell you, oh, but, you know, boost this or make this ad yeah. or, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, that's like the fastest yeah. way you can lose your money on, on <laughs> social ads. What are some other things that people are, other mistakes that they're making? Okay. Well, I think, you know, Mark Twain had, I love Mark Twain. He's so many astute sayings. One of them was, you know, he said, it's not the things that we don't know that hurt us. It's the things that we think we know that just ain't so. Oh, that is so true. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, the first thing I, you know, I would say to someone is clear your mind, clear your mind of everything that you think you know about marketing, because there's a pretty good chance that it's, it's, it's blocking you, it's stopping you. The other thing I'd say is that, you know, every, every now and then someone's kind enough to ask me, you know, how did you be so successful and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, if, if if I'm unfortunate enough to be asked a question like that, it's, you know, my response is, well, the, the real secret is that you don't have to be smart to be successful. You just have to be, well, you only have to be smart enough to know how dumb you are. And if I can just be smart enough to know how dumb I am at marketing, then I'll seek help. Yeah. And, and I'll ask someone and the big, mis- you're talking about big mistakes. The big mistake is to listen to someone who sounds confident and who has lots of testimonials on their website. And they say something like this. They say, Trust me, give me your money and I will show you how to generate clients. Now, audience members listening to this, let me ask you, have you has that happened before and you've handed over your money? Because if you have, then 97% of this, you and I've done this, I've done the polls, you know, 97% say yes to that question. I, I heard someone who said, trust me, give me your money and I'll show you how to get some clients. And 97% of them say three months later, all they had to show for that was an empty bank account balance. Uh, yeah. So, so. That is a big mistake. And if I say, well, how many times did you do that? And they, you know, sheepishly go, well, well, quite a few, you know, maybe five or six or seven times. I say, okay, well, that's that's not working right. That whole trust me thing isn't working. So I think that's a big mistake. There are a lot of people out there that their marketing is 10 out of 10 and their value delivery is like one out of 10. They, they overpromise, they underdeliver. And we've all been fleeced by them and God help them with their karma. I wouldn't want it. So I would say that's the first thing is, is the big mistake is, is listening to people that, you know, sound like me and probably got testimonies like mine, et cetera, and, and you hand over your money. What, what you need to be able to do is, is find someone, I believe you need to find someone at the very least who offers your money back guarantee, preferably who says, well, let me work with you for a month and I won't charge you a cent. Because if you can find that person, I think you've probably found someone who genuinely and truthfully has something that they believe will give value because they're really not accepting your money until you validated that. So I, I think that's a big mistake. And I think, you know, that's my challenge to all the other marketers out there. Why should we as marketers say to other people, trust me, when we're not prepared to trust them? Since when was that a level playing field? Right. You know, so if, I, if I'm if i saying to someone, trust me, I should, I should uh, if I've got any honor or integrity, be able to say, look, I'll trust you. So if that's the case, well, let's mix it up. Let me trust you. I'll give you everything. And you can decide whether I'm the real deal or not. I'll, let me trust you. That would be a revolution in marketing. Maybe Seth Godin could write, you know, the next book. You know, yeah. <laughs> marketers aren't liars after all. We talked about random acts of marketing instead of, you know, first of all, sitting down and figuring out a marketing message. I think another a mistake is to not clearly list a bunch of very specific and tangible reasons as to why you would be logically your client's very best choice. You know, we, we are all told that people buy an emotion justified after the purchase with logic. That, that is true if you're marketing, you know, get rich programs to 18 year olds who want to be retired by the time they're 21. Good luck with that plan. <laughs> you know, it's it's marketing to the naive and gullible and, and no one should be doing that. People are. 
But if you're working with, say, you know, entrepreneurs or uh, I don't know, lawyers or I don't know who, who your clients are, but it, but mostly they're sophisticated thinkers. They, yes. It's not their first rodeo, you know. So so they're skeptical and they want they they want not just to buy on an emotional impulse and justify it later to their friends at a cocktail party. They want to be able to see clearly in specific terms why uh, you would be their their very best choice. So things like it's no good just saying I'm passionate about helping business owners, or, you know, we, we, we deliver value. What is it that you're going to tell them that, that will all but prove that? And, and you know, case in point, I, I can say to people, trust me, but a lot of people are saying that. So what can I say that's clearly different and very specific? And if I say to people, I'll work with you for a month and I'll meet with you every week without you paying me a cent, then maybe I have some support in their mind that says to them logically and rationally, yes, I think I can trust them. So very specific reasons, and, and my challenge to all clients is list eight of them, eight reasons why you are clearly, you should clearly be logically and rationally your client's number one best choice. If you say we give great customer service, well, you got to prove that. You know, uh, if, if you say we respond to all questions, you know, all, all queries within 60 minutes of receipt, you know, five days a week during business hours, then that's that's getting a lot closer to proving that you've got good customer service. What are the different methods that people will learn through Leadsology? Okay, so working back from the result, which is you, you know, you wake up on a Monday morning and you open your calendar and you sip your coffee and a smile comes across your face as you look at all the inbound new client bookings. Mm-hmm. So these people who know what your fees are, they know how you work with your clients and they like that. And they regard you as, if not being one of the very best choices, then possibly only, possibly their only highly desirable choice. So we work back from that because I think that it's important to put the method and the context of the result. So that is the result. If you work, if you, you want that as a reality, then, you know, as Covey said, you've got to work with the end of mind. So you work back from waking up on that Monday morning, seeing new client inquiries coming in, inbound, right? You're not going out chasing these people. So the best way for that to happen, if we go back just one more step, is for you to run a group event. All my events are online because I don't want to shift off the sand here in Little Castaways Beach next to the beach. I, you know, I have clients all around the world. I think literally, certainly in just about every English-speaking country and parts of Europe. And I'm and I'm doing it all by I just run these online events. You know, once a week. And you've got to run the online event in a smart way. Uh, if we had time, we could talk about the, the persuasion sequence. But so you, it just can't be an online event. But that event gives people the opportunity to get to know you, to know your brand. And we typically run them at 35 minutes. We talk about attendees, the, the problem, the legion problem, the symptoms of the problem. And then we offer them a solution. At the end of it, it's pretty simple. We say, look, you know, you've hoped you got what you came for. There's nothing to buy here. But if you want to have a chat about legion and your business, then click the link here and make a time. And that's where the, the bookings come from. When you wake up on a Monday morning and people booked in to talk to you. At that point, they know what your fees are and they have an idea of the solution. So these online meetings are not some sort of, you know, quote unquote training webinar, which is really just a sales trap dressed up with, you know, paper around it that says training webinar. We've all been to those and the countdown timers and the scarcity and the buy before midnight and the first hundred people. It, it's just ticky, yicky, yucky, tacky stuff. <laughs> what these uh, events are is, in my case, it's something like this. If, if you want to know how we're generating leads, please come along and we'll show you as close to lifetime as possible, exactly how we're doing that. And at the end of that, if, if you want to reach out and know more about how we work with clients, you can do that. And if you don't, that's fine too. So it's a very direct value proposition. And this is part of what I mean about getting more authenticity in, into marketing. So what happens when you are direct with your value proposition, you don't dress it up as something that it's not, 
is you get people who are serious about working with you on a call. And and the honesty and transparency is generally reciprocated. So you're not bullshitting them. They're not bullshitting you. Uh, you put filters in place between the end of that event and them being able to book a time with you. And the filters would include, for example, they have to agree that they can at least afford your minimum fees, right? Because and you explain to them, there's no point in us talking and, and we both get excited about working together and then we discover that you don't have the budget for it. Right. So the, the filters are important. So let, let's go back, if you could imagine a whiteboard and the bottom of the whiteboard is, is you sipping your coffee and you know looking at the consults that are flowing in. And just above that, leading to that is this online event where, where you've spoken to people that ha- have expressed a direct interest in learning more about how you do what you do. Uh, then you've got to go, well, where do we get the audiences from, right? Because it's all very well doing an online event, but if there's no one there, it's not going to work too good. So the audiences are sourced, uh, our audiences are sourced from two places, LinkedIn, which works almost exactly the opposite of what just about everyone's teaching about how it works, because it doesn't work through a nurturing process. Uh, LinkedIn and the big one, which is other people's networks, so or OPN, as I call it, other people's networks. So every single person on the face of the planet who is you know, committed to marketing will discover when they open up their eyes that marketing is actually not about finding your clients. It's about finding the people who have your clients. And when your thinking shifts from I've got to find people to I want to engage and create reciprocity with the people who have my ideal clients, then your lead gen goes to a whole different level. You know, North America, for example, heck, even just California, there are literally thousands of people who are actively in the marketplace who have email subscriber lists of my ideal clients. Those ideal clients are waiting there to hear my message. And all I've got to do is figure out how to engage with those people who have those email subscriber lists. Got to figure out how to engage with them and create genuine reciprocity. So I'm doing something pretty cool for them that they would probably be inclined to do something pretty cool back, which may be to introduce my message to their marketplace. So OPN creates this, in my marketplace, it is literally inexhaustible supply of high quality leads, and it's free. What is it called? OPN, Other People's Networks. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) I thought you were, yes, yes. (laughs) No, not some secret code. I was Um, like, I haven't heard of it. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, Kiyosaki used to talk very eloquently, Robert Kiyosaki, about OPM, Other People's Money. And then we have time management people talk about OPT, you know, get leverage through other people's time. Right. But for my market, OPN, other people's networks. So that's where the audiences come from. Those two places, LinkedIn and OPN. And they're both free and they both have are essentially an inexhaustible supply of high quality leads. So I'm looking at this and I did Facebook ads for, for so many years and I ran, you know, launches and I ran events and they're all complicated and they're all expensive. And I when I discovered OPN and how to crack that particular combination safe, uh, the leads are free and exhaustive and of high quality. So I ain't ever going back to advertising. Where can our listeners find the book? Is it on Amazon? Is there a better link that we can send them to? They can just go to gettomsbook.com. Okay. And that will redirect to my Amazon page. And the book they're looking for that you're referring to is Leadsology, The Science of Being in Demand, because there's a few books there. Okay. Yes, the, exactly. That's the one that I'm uh, looking at currently, The Science of Being in Demand, which obviously we want to be in demand. There's more. Then we have leadsology.guru to find out all things leadsology, correct? That's correct. Okay. And the, the guru is G-U-R-U, what you'd normally think of guru. So there's a lot of free, you know, high quality free information on their website. And if people have listened to this and they're serious about lead gen, then they can check out whether we should be having a conversation at www.bookachatwithtom.com. So people go to that page. They read it and they go, yep, that's me. 
you check the boxes at the bottom, then you'll get you'll get redirected to a link where we can have a conversation. And is this a specific audience that you're speaking to, a specific vertical? Great question. Yes, uh, professionals, marketing, service, advice, or software. That's my thing. If if it's a physical product, uh, I'm not the guy for you. You know, like a retailer or a manufacturer. Right. There are there are better people. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's a different kind. Yeah, and I just wanted to clarify that because all of the things that you were talking about, which a lot of you know our listeners, I know you are uh, in that in that type of business, so this completely relates. We'll have links, as always, links to all of this, um, everything that is Tom and Awesome About Tom and Leadsology. I know there's there's so much more to learn, but I know that we can go to the website, get the book, and there's just a ton of resources for you. And then, yeah, as you said, I mean, if, if there's a further conversation to have, look at all of this and talk to Tom. <laughs> He's obviously the genius at this. This was, this is incredible. There's so, so much, not just in, about getting the leads, but what's so important is how are you marketing to them? And then how are you speaking to them afterwards as well? What kind of value are you going to bring to them? Thank you so much for sharing all of this, Tom. This is awesome. I know I'm going to check out everything that is Leadsology. I've already checked out some and I'm just super impressed. So I'm excited to dive in further because there's always more to learn. Always, always. So thank you Mm. so much. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. It's a privilege to be here and I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. (laughs) 